This series has been all about your life, not just this day or this week, but uh, a life that is much bigger than any of us can really comprehend. I believe that uh, God wants us to know that uh, your life is much more than just getting out of bed in the morning and making it through the day. Uh, that might have been your goal this morning. Uh, what, 20 minutes ago? No. <laughs> um, uh, half an hour ago. Whatever you got up, you might have thought to yourself, hey, uh, I'm just going to get through this day, and uh, that'll be success for me. Uh, but your life is much more than just getting through today, or this week, or, or whatever project you got going on. Students, your life is more than just getting through this semester into the summer. God has so much more for your life. And it's not just this life, which is a fraction. It's eternity that's ahead of us. Uh, the psalmist in Psalm 39 says that this, this life is but a breath, a, a, a shadow that's there one minute and then gone the next. That's, that's the extent of this life, not that it's not important, but all of eternity that awaits us. And, and this is what we've been talking about, the purpose of our lives. Not just here in this world and what we're doing today, tomorrow, next week, but, but what God has for each and every one of us. When Jesus went away from his disciples, he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and I will come back to take you to be with me where I have gone and prepared that place. That's an assurance for each and every one of us, and that is what we all look forward to. But God has so much more for us here and for eternity than any of us can comprehend. So I want us today to look at this, uh, a letter that Paul wrote to young Timothy, and take a look at uh, verse 1 of chapter 2 in 2 Timothy. Paul's in prison, and he's writing this letter, and he says this, this letter is from Paul. That's a good place to start, isn't it? Uh, next time you write a letter, just this letter is from, and write your name. Great way to start. Prologue. He says, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. And then he gets into it. And he says, I have been sent out to tell others about the life he has promised through faith in Christ Jesus. Now, I want you to think back to a time in your life where you had a, uh, a coach or maybe a teacher uh, who was super excited about what they were coaching or teaching about. Just think about it. Like, not just, hey, yes, this is soccer, and I want you to like the game because I like it. No. No, you, like, supercharged, super excited. Somebody, maybe a math teacher. I had a math teacher like that one time. It's just like, you know, up on their toes and just, they'd get going. And because of why? They were super excited. Their voice raises. They get animated. They're just into it, Right? Well, I, I played soccer as a kid, and we had this, uh, this Scottish coach. Now, if you want to know uh, soccer, uh, you just go over to, to England, and you go over to the UK, and they are like rabid about soccer, much like we are about football here, but, but they're super rabid. And, and this guy was like to the nth degree. Uh, uh, he, 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 would get, and he would get up on his toes, and, just, and his, his big encouragement to us guys was, was this. It was, a, quit looking at the ghettos. The girls, quit looking at the ghettos. He'd yell that for me. Quit looking at the ghettos. Look at the ball. He just, ah. and, and I don't know what it means even to this day, but he had this line, hard lines, hard lines. I'm like, what's a hard line? 
<laughs> he just yell it out. He gets so excited, and then you score a goal, and this guy shouldn't have been jumping around, but he was jumping around. Just excited about what, he, what it was all about. Uh, math teachers, you, you've had these, they're just like, you know, you're not that you get excited about math, but still, it's just like, yes, you got it. You know, super animated about the topic. Well, this is Paul. He's writing this letter. Yes, Paul, an apostle. Yes, I'm writing this letter. This is Paul. He's writing from prison. And then he goes, this is the purpose of my life. Getting up on his toes. He's, he's getting animated, even in his writing. He says, I'm here to tell people about this life. This is what it's all about. And he's encouraging Timothy. He's saying, this is my life's passion this is my purpose. This is what it's all about. My life is, is to tell you about this supersized life. But it didn't stop there because what we'll find out in a few moments here is what he's saying is not only is my purpose to tell you about this supersized life, but my purpose is to tell you to tell others about your supersized life. This morning, I want us to talk about leaving a legacy. Are you leaving a legacy? Telling others, just like Paul was telling Timothy about this supersized life, and then Timothy was going to tell others about his supersized life. Paul, it's no surprise that he gave considerable amount of time to pouring his life into Timothy's. Um, Timothy uh, was a Galatian teenager when they first met. Uh, Paul was on a, a first missionary journey into that area, and they, they met, and Paul went on his way. It, was, it wasn't until his second missionary journey that, that Paul uh, took a greater notice in, in Timothy, and he said, Timothy, it's, it's time to come along with me. I want you to travel with me. I want you to learn from me. I want you to minister alongside with me. And so Paul began this process of, of pouring his life into Timothy, and, and it was right away he noticed that there was something about Timothy, that there was already a legacy that was, was planted within him. He, he comments about, about Timothy's grandmother and, and Timothy's mother who had, had poured their lives into this young Timothy. But Paul tells him, he says, Timothy, I want you to continue in what you've learned. I want you to continue this on. I want you to, to embrace it. I want you to get excited about it. I want you to hold on to those things that they've taught you so that you can teach other people. And the result is going to be a strong legacy. So I want you to consider, what is your legacy? What, what are you leaving to those around you? What is God calling you to leave? Not only today, but tomorrow and for all of eternity. How are you living life to the full, not just for you, but how are you living this supersized life that'll bless other people as well? Well, today I believe there are two key practices that I want to touch on. The first one is this, do your job faithfully. Do your job faithfully. You might think, well, what's my job? What am I supposed to do? We'll get there in just a second. Um, uh, my dad was here last week. Um, He's 87 years old, lives in Vancouver, Canada, came down for uh, a visit. And uh, 
I got thinking, what, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And I, I knew I wanted to spend some time with him. And, and in the past, anytime he's, he's come to visit, we've always gone on kind of a road trip. Um, he likes to explore. He likes to see new sites. And he'd never been to Oklahoma. And I kind of got thinking, well, maybe we start heading up that way. And then it dawned on me, he's got a buddy of his that he's known since 1949 in Bible school. And uh, he hasn't seen in a little while. And his buddy lives up in Springfield, Missouri. And I thought, oh, I got a couple of days. A road trip. So uh, Wednesday morning, he flew in uh, last Tuesday night, and, and Wednesday morning, uh, we, we took off, and I didn't tell him where we were going. I just said, hey, we're heading north, and we went into, up to Oklahoma City, and when we made the turn up toward Tulsa, I said, hey, do you have any idea where we're going? He goes, no. I said, well, what's, what's beyond Tulsa? And he didn't know. I said, yeah, we got to bring you up, up to date on your American uh, geography, but I told him, and then I said, and what's beyond Joplin, Missouri? And he goes, Springfield, and then it clicked that we were going there. It was, it was quite a surprise, but but soon after that we stopped for breakfast, and uh, we left we got, left really early in the morning. We stopped for breakfast, and we pulled into Cracker Barrel, and and my dad and I we love Cracker Barrel. We love us some some Cracker Barrel in the mornings, and and so we come in and we're just really excited about about having breakfast. We've been traveling a number of hours already, and so we sit down, and believe it or not. This uh, server comes out, and uh, after a while, I must say, but this server comes out, and I couldn't believe it because it was like we were imposing on her day. It, it was like if she could uh, say what her face was saying, she would have said, why on earth did you come to this restaurant today, and why are you sitting in my section? It was like she didn't, she didn't want to be serving that day. I don't know what had happened, what had gone on, but it was, it was like, uh, you know, could we get some coffee? And she went and got us some coffee eventually, but it was, she would have wanted nothing more than for her section to be completely cleared out and nothing going on and her just leaning up against the, the wall. I don't know why she was there. But we were, were imposing in her happy space, I guess. But, but it just, was, I was scratching my head going, is this not like job security for her that she has to work? And it, it didn't, not, it just couldn't figure it out. But, but we were imposing on, on her territory and what she was called to do and her job, she didn't want to do. And it was, just kind of seemed strange. It got me thinking again this, this week about a project we did uh, when I was pastoring up in Illinois. Um, we were doing a building expansion. It was about a $1.5 million building expansion. And, and uh, we were adding about, uh, I think, 15,000 square feet to the building. And, and there was a lot of flooring, floor covering, tile and that. And, and one of my responsibilities in the, in the building project was... Uh, um, going out and, and getting bids for, for different uh, things that needed to go inside the building, and one of them was the flooring. And, and I called up this flooring company, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we sell, we sell flooring. I'm like, well, I was hoping it would, because <laughs> you're a flooring company. And uh, so they came in, and they measured everything out, and, they were, and, then, and then, like, I heard nothing from them. It's like, uh, so I called them back. Um, you have a quote for me? And eventually, you know, we, we got a quote from them and, and, and looked at all the, the other bids that had come in and that, and, and, and we said, okay, well, it looks like, you know, that'd be good. We'll, we'd like to have your services and you do the flooring in here. And, and they didn't call us back. 
and they didn't call, and I'm going, okay, this isn't like 20 bucks. This is like 25,000, whatever thousands of dollars this was, and it was like we were an inconvenience for them to actually come and lay flooring in our, in, and I'm like, what, what, this just doesn't equate. And I'm thinking, like, just, you have a job, why would you not want to do your job? And it got me thinking, just sometimes in our, in our lives with Christ, we have a job to do, and yet we're sitting there, we're going, well, I don't do it. I'm I just not feeling it today. We're like that server in, in, in Cracker Barrel leaning up against the wall going, hmm, maybe, eh, I just don't, not feeling it. And it's, it's almost like it's an inconvenience to us. But if we're going to leave a legacy in this world, it's time to step up. It's, it's time to activate our gifts. It's time to do our job. And to do it faithfully, there's nothing better than when, when somebody who has a job and somebody who has a gift and somebody who has an ability and a talent and, and something inside of them that's stirring them steps up and steps into that which they've been called to do. You see, each and every one of us has a calling and has a purpose, and each and every one of us has a job. As a Christ follower, you're called, first and foremost, to testify to the gospel of God's grace, to his goodness, to his faithfulness. That's number one. That's automatic. But then on top of that, each and every one of us has unique gifts and talents and, 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 and personalities that, that further customize the job that we're called to do. You see, your job is not my job. My job's not your job. I love how one of our elders, Todd, says, he says, stay in your lane. We each have a lane. We each have a, a, a job that we've been given to do. Each and every one of us has been called by Christ. Those of us who have surrendered our lives to Christ, we have a job to do as a member of the body of Christ, but then according to our personalities and gifts and talents, we've been given a specific job. And in order to leave a legacy, we need to do our job. And we need to do it faithfully. That's what God's called us to do. One of my favorite verses, my life verse, is in Acts 20, 24. It's Paul. And he's talking about what, what God has called him to. And he says, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord has called me to. Talk about staying in your lane testifying to the gospel of God's grace. That's what he says. If only I may finish the task, finish the race, complete the task, serve the table in Cracker Barrel. If I can do that, then I can succeed. Lay the carpeting in the church floor. Complete the task that God has called us to. And so to Timothy, in 2 Timothy 2, verse 1, Paul says this. He says, Timothy, my dear son. He says, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. Do the job faithfully. Faithfully accomplish what God has called you to do. And, and if you have your Bibles open at 2 Timothy 2, just glance down at, at verse 15. And we're not going to put it up on the screen. We don't have, have time to do that. But if you glance through and scan through those next few verses down to verse 26, there's a, a, a shopping list of things and an encouragement, almost a recipe that Paul is saying, hey, Timothy, pay attention to these things. It's, it's that teacher getting up on his toes and going, hey, this is exciting stuff. He says, work hard. He says, communicate the, the word of God. 
convey the word of God, the truth of his word. He goes on to say, avoid foolish or worthless conversations that lead to godless behavior. He says, run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Pursue righteous living, love, and peace. Talks about enjoying the companionship of other Christ followers. Hey, Timothy, get, get close to other people. Connect with them. Hang out with them. Let them know your heart. You, you hear their heart. Goes on, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments. Be kind to everyone. Be able to teach. He says, hey, Timothy, I want you to be able to teach this stuff. Do some homework. Do some practicing. Be able to teach this stuff that you're learning. How about this one? Be patient with difficult people. I won't ask for a show of hands. Um, uh, first service, a few people stuck up their hands anyways. But uh, have any of you been around difficult people this week? Yeah, there's a few more hands. You know what? It seemed to be in that same area of the sanctuary in first service. So I don't know if it's just the seats you're sitting in. But, <laughs> but we're, we're called to be pa uh, patient with difficult people. This is what Paul is encouraging Timothy. If you want to leave a legacy, here's a part of the plan. Here's a part of doing your job. He says, gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Uh, gently instruct. Come alongside. Share your heart. And this is a recipe for living faithfully. I believe church, we're called to live faithfully. We're, we're called to live our lives out and, and that our lives would have true potential. And that would be unveiled and that would, that would, that would come to fruition. We're not this sports car sitting in the showroom looking good. We're out on the road we're doing our job, what we have been created and intended to do. We're that server who's serving, waiting on a table with joy, fulfilling our purpose in life. So do your job faithfully. The second practice I believe that's important to leave a legacy is train your successor. Train your successor. You could even put an S on the end of that. Train your successors. But why don't we just start with one? Who are you pouring your life into? Who are you showing the ropes to? Who are you encouraging? Who are you coming alongside of? I'll tell you, my first job uh, was delivering newspapers. And um, shortly after that, I realized I need more money for my, uh, for my uh, lifestyle <laughs> of, of hamburgers and uh, you know, whatever I, I needed. So. Um, I got a job at a, at a gas station. And this is back in the dark ages where they had a little hose across the driveway and when somebody drove over, it would ring a bell and this guy called a gas jockey would come running out and fill your car with gas. Uh, like I said, back in the dark ages, if you're over 40, you know what I'm talking about. I wore the, the coveralls and it had the name of the gas station and it had my name on it and I wore the hat and, and I would sit in the little glass office there up in the front and I would wait for the, the, the car to come in and ding the bell and then I'd come running out and I would say back in the dark ages again, regular or unleaded. Anyone remember regular gasoline? Yeah. Okay, so regular unleaded, and then they'd tell me, you know, five, 10, 12 bucks or whatever, or the, the best one was, because then you didn't have to attend the pump, it was fill her up, right? That was, that was music to my ears, fill her up. 
And uh, then I would lift up the hood, check the oil. I would squeegee off the windshield. And, and that was my job. And in, in my spare time, they, they let me, they let me uh, sweep up the shop a little bit. And it was just a doable job. Well, there, um, there were two guys, they were the sons of the owner, and so the owner was, uh, he was probably in his 60s, maybe early 70s, and, and his two sons were kind of running the, the place. Their names were Ivan and Eric. And Ivan and Eric, um, little by little, gave me some more responsibilities. Um, you know, if somebody came in, they, they needed a flat tire fixed, uh, they, they showed me how to do it. They showed me how to put the plug in it. And if they needed a new tire, they showed me how to work the tire machine. And I could take the tire off of the rim and, and put a new tire on. It was like really cool. And little by little, they showed me bit by bit. And then after that, they showed me how to change fluids in a, in a, in a car, how to do an oil change, how to lift up a, a car up on the hoist. And I was just like, man, this is awesome. And the new guy who came got to respond to the bell and go out and, 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 and fill cars with gas and squeegee windshields. And, and, and they were bringing him along. Just a, a, as I got thinking about legacies, it, it it reminded me of, of people, and I know this isn't a spiritual uh, setting, but people who, who poured their life into me and taught me what they know, even in an early age in a job. But then you get thinking a little bit beyond that and into the spiritual realm and those people who came alongside me and started pouring their lives into me spiritually. I think of some of my Sunday school teachers you know, to this day, when I go back to Vancouver and I go back to the church, there are still some who are living who will come up to me and uh, they'll remember it as if it was yesterday. But I remember you when you were, you know. And I remember them because they poured their life into me. Now, I can guarantee at the time when I was six years old and running around, I had this blonde afro and, and I was just a going concern. I was always racing from one side of the church to the other and they had to slow me down and hold me down. And, and you know, I, I was oblivious to the sacrifice that they were giving, but they were serving and they were pouring their life into me and they were leaving a legacy and they were training their successor. They were training up. None of us would have ever known that in 2018, May the 6th, I'd be standing here sharing my faith with a congregation. None of us would ever have, have even dreamt of that. If, you know, if I would have told them back then or, or somebody would have told them back then, they would have dropped dead, I'm sure. But they were being faithful. And they were thinking about training successors sharing a little bit. You see, when I, when I started working at that gas station, they just didn't throw me into the garage and say, hey, go lift a car up and change fluids. No, they started me and then they, they, they showed me a little more and then they showed me a little more and they showed me a little more and they showed me a little more. You see, we don't go from, from here all the way to here in one fell swoop. It takes time. And it takes time little by little. Look at 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. Paul says this to, to Timothy, he says, you have heard me teach these things and if, that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. So this is over and over. This is, this is confirmation that's being spoken into Timothy's life over and over. And then Paul, he, he, he lands the plane and he says this, now teach these truths to other trustworthy people. And you notice he doesn't just stop there. 
He says, I, I want you to teach these to other people who then will teach other people. This is how a legacy works. It, it's something that gets taught and gets passed on and, and then it gets passed on again and it gets passed on again and it gets passed on again and again and again. It's a legacy. I remember talking to my grandmother. She was 96 years old and, and her, her, her short-term memory was gone. She could remember what she had for lunch 30 years ago, but she couldn't remember what she had for lunch that day. But I remember once I was in the nursing home. I, I stopped in. I was on my way to see, pick up Dana from work. I stopped in my grandmother's nursing home up on the third floor and she was in the, the common area looking over the city and we sat there and just shoulder to shoulder. And you know what she said? She says, Darren, I'm blessed. I'm blessed that... that all of my, my kids surrendered their life to Christ. Your dad and his, his brother and his two sisters, they surrendered their life to Christ and, and all of their kids and all of my great-grandkids. There's a legacy. You know, she didn't, she didn't care what car she drove 20 years earlier. She didn't care where, what house she lived in. What was important to her in those, in those last years of her life was, I've left a legacy. I've left a legacy of sharing my faith with my kids. I've shared my faith with those around me and they've shared their faith and so on. It's been passed on. Um, you may be wondering um, if I'm really thirsty, um, but um, here in Texas, we like our tea, right? Okay, amen, yes. Um, <clears throat> some of us get thinking, so here's a tea bag and some of us get thinking that that if we're going to leave a legacy and we're going to train our successor, um, it, it, it can happen pretty quickly, right? We just kind of go, okay, there we got it. All right, we've done it. And we look back and we go, what, what good did that do? Maybe we come again and we go, okay. All right, there, we haven't squeezed it a little bit. Well, it got a little cloudy, but well, I guess that didn't work. Can you make tea that way? Maybe, but I don't think it would be very good tea. What do you have to do to, to make tea? You kind of have to hold that in. It's the same way in our lives. When we invest in somebody and we train a successor, we spend time with them, right? We maybe even mix it up a little bit with them. And what begins to happen? See what begins to happen when you get interested in somebody and you get spending time with them? You know, we live in quite a microwave society and you can certainly go down to the Exxon and, and buy a, a bottle of tea. And uh, don't worry, I'm not going to pass this around because my hand's been in it and you think that's really gross. So do I. But you see what happens the longer and the longer you hang out there, the longer you, you spend time, um, the more that that affects the water. Um, there's a word, it's the word infuse. It's basically what we're doing. It's when this comes in contact with liquid and the liquid absorbs or, or takes the flavor, the aroma out of that which is being inserted into it. It's, it's infusing. And that's really the call that we have as, as uh, Christ followers who are called to leave a legacy. To infuse our lives into those around us, into a successor. 
And it, it doesn't just happen overnight. It doesn't just happen in a, in a happen chance meeting. This it happens over time. You heard even Paul saying, but Timothy, this is something, you've heard it. It's been passed down for you. Do you it's been confirmed with many witnesses. This is something that's over and over and over. And you see, even notice, Paul takes Timothy and he says, you know, it's not like the first missionary journey where he just went into town, he left town, and, and that this was something that he, he, the second time he says, Timothy, I want you to come with me. What did Jesus do with his disciples? Come follow me. Come hang out with me. Come, come just stay with me and let me infuse you. It's part of leaving a legacy, investing. I was talking to someone after first service. And I said, you know, it's, it's the truth because some of us, oh, we're tired. We're tired. But leaving a legacy is saying, you know what? I, even though I'm tired, I'm stepping up. Even though I'm worn out, even though my, my schedule is, is busy, I'm going to set time out of my schedule because this is important. Leaving a legacy, you know, men, it's time to step up. We talk about uh, Thursday morning in our men's group, just over and over about us as men, just how our, our community, how our society, it's not just Western society anymore, it's the world. Men are are abdicating a responsibility to leave a legacy, to step up and, and share their, their faith with those young men who are, are, are looking up to them. As your pastor, men, step up. It's not just men, women, it's time to step up. Young women are looking up to you and how you're living your life. They want you to pour your life into their life. And, and, and men and women, this doesn't mean that we can't have bumps and scrapes and scars and, and things in our past. It doesn't mean, no, if anything, it, we need to be real. Nobody wants to hear from my life if, if man, I, I, man, I got it all together. I, I don't do anything wrong. My feet don't stink. I don't have B.O., I don't have any disappointments. Like that's, that's fake, that's facade. Young men and young women don't need that from us. They need, they need the reality of life and they need the reality of, of what Jesus is doing in our lives. You see, Paul was encouraging Timothy, live out your life and, and testify to the gospel of God's grace. Remember, Paul was getting excited about this life. Well, Paul would be the first one to say, this life is messed up. This life has a lot of hurts. This life has a lot of pains. This life has a lot of ups and downs and bumps and bruises and that. But still, God is faithful and he sent his son Jesus. That's carrying on this legacy. That's sharing the faith. You know, the enemy will want to silence you. The enemy will want to take you out of the picture. Oh, you can't do that because... You can't do that because, it, man, if, if your successor ever found out how screwed up you were as a teenager, pff, game over. If, your success, if this person who you're trying to pour your life into ever found out that, the enemy will want to silence you. Don't get involved there. Don't step out. Don't, don't even try because... 
No, just look after yourself. That's what the enemy wants you to hear. But hear me, in the same way that that Paul is encouraging Timothy to step up and to step out, train a successor, I believe God is calling each one of us. This legacy you've been called to give is from Christ himself. You see, Paul was sitting there and he, he was saying, yeah, it's Timothy, this is for me. I'm passing this on to you, but it, that wasn't the whole picture. In fact, what, he, what Paul was saying is, you know what? What I received from Christ, I'm passing on to you. Isn't that the verse we, we read at communion time? When Paul says, what I received from the Lord, I also passed on to you. It wasn't just the teachings on communion. It was over and over and over again. Paul is saying, what I received from Christ, I'm passing on to you, and I want you to do the same. I want you to just add something and say, what Paul received from Christ, he passed on to me, and I passed on to you. Remember that? Uh, it was kind of funny. First service, I remembered it. But uh, oh, that, that shampoo commercial in the 70s, you tell two friends, and so on, and so on, and so on. Uh, it was like Fabergé, organics, something or other. You tell two friends, and so on, and so on, and so, you know, and it just kind of grows from there. This is a legacy. You tell someone, better yet, you tell two someones, and then let them tell two someones, and so on, and so on, and so on. That's the way it works. Paul in 1 Peter 2, he says, to this you recall, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Christ was the ultimate example, and, and, and here Peter is saying, follow in Christ's steps, and then have somebody else follow in Christ's steps, and then have somebody else follow in Christ's steps. You know, back in first and second century um, Middle East, um, the rabbis were the teachers, and they would often have these followers or disciples that would, would follow them, and it's been said that... Uh, that uh, in, in, in some of the, the Hebrew writings, that the, the followers were to be covered in the dust of the, the, the rabbis. And, and people have, have taken that to mean as the, as the rabbis were walking down the road and the dust of the roads was, was churned up, that, that the follower would be that close to get covered in the dust. And that's a, that's a nice image, but that's not the intent of, of what that saying was about. The saying, in fact, was, was from a rabbi, and, and he wrote this. He says, let your homes be a gathering place for scholars. Get dusty in the dust of their feet and drink in their words with thirst. So in fact, this, this idea of being covered in the dust was, was get together, get in a circle, get talking, and, and don't be afraid to churn stuff up, to let the dust of that, that room just cover you and just be immersed in, in what they're thinking. You see, in, in today's society, we're so intent on knowledge, this, this, if we know that we know that we know, and, and it's just this A, B, C, D, if we, if we know, you know three scripture verses and we, and we, and we know just the truth and, and that's it, but, but what the rabbis were saying is don't let it stop at just knowledge. Don't let it stop at just what you know. In fact, embrace it, internalize it. Just incorporate it all into your life. Let it infuse you. Don't just let it be a touch point. Let it be incorporated into everything you do. There was a a word I, I came across. I'd never heard it before. Some of you uh, wordies, uh, will, you'll just, this will be old hat to you. This is uh, elementary. 
But there's a word dilettante. I think I'm saying that right. A dilettante is a person who cultivates an area of interest, such as the arts, without real commitment or knowledge. So in this case, it would be an art collector who just collects art to hang it on the wall, has no real appreciation, has no feel for or, or intrigue, or they, they don't, it, it doesn't emote any type of, of internal response. It's just cerebral. Yeah, I collect art. Don't be a dilettante when it comes to the things of, of God, when it comes to uh, this relationship with God. Don't just be someone who appreciates the community or somebody who appreciates the word. Much the same way that scripture says, don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers. And this is what a rabbi would teach. So don't just let it be here but let it sink deep into here. There's a story of a couple of rabbis who were uh, sitting under a Russian professor. And this Russian professor in this classroom setting was, was preaching all about the ills of, of smoking and how, how awful it was for our human bodies to be internal and taking smoke. And he was teaching on all this all the time, smoking a pipe. And so the rabbis went up to uh, this Russian teacher and, and said, how can you teach on this while you, in, in fact, are, are smoking? And to that, the teacher said, well, in the same way that I would teach math, and teaching math doesn't require me to become a triangle. And you see, there's a disconnect, because for a rabbi, you cannot teach something unless it is internalized. You can't really pass on something unless it's something that you're experiencing yourself. And this is truly what, what Paul was saying to young Timothy is let it, let it incorporate, let it infuse you and you go on and infuse that into other people. Let it become who you are. Your conversations and the context, all of those things, let it sink deep into you. Are you sitting at the feet of those who are passing on a spiritual legacy to you? Are you embodying what you've been taught? Or is it just simply head knowledge? And then on top of that, how are you leaving a legacy? Is it something that you're passing on to those around you? I believe it's a call that God has given to each and every one of us. In your uniqueness, the way God has wired you, the way God has wired me. There's a purpose to your life, this big, awesome, supersized life of yours here on this earth and all of eternity to come. What is the legacy that you're living? What is the legacy that you're leaving? You, say, you see, the way you live your life today matters to you today and for eternity. Let me say that again. The way you live your life today matters today and for eternity. But let me also put it this way. The life you live today matters for others today and for eternity. You get that? There's a lot at stake. There really is. And I want each of us to consider that.
what God has called you to do. And my encouragement is that we'd have an attitude, a posture of surrender. Just saying yes to God. Much the way Paul nudged and tapped young Timothy on the shoulder and said, Timothy, it's time. I believe for us this morning, God's tapping us on the shoulder and saying, it's time. But it begins with a surrender of saying, God, I'm yours. God, I want you to take over. I want you to lead me. I want, I want this to become who I am. So that the legacy is given has a profound effect on those around me.